Comedy LOL Podcast Network. Never really um, mastered how to export that properly. <laughs> oh, it's all right. I can talk you through it if we have to. It's pretty easy. But look, Basic I still have I still have this control. microphone here. I'm like loving it. It's like oh, so yeah. customizable. I'm like, yes. Nice. You got to send me. Did you ever send me the link for that? And I just forgot or whatever for the survey. I think thing. I did, but I will do it again. Yeah, do it again because I my memory is, uh, I don't know. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to the Terrible Podcast. This week's quote is, It is a terrible error to let any natural impulse... Let's start again. It's easier than cutting it. It is a terrible error to let any natural impulse, physical or mental, stagnate, crush it out, if you will, and be done with it, or fulfill it, or get it out of the system, but do not allow it to remain there and putrefy. The suppression of the normal sex instinct, for example, is responsible for a thousand ills. In Puritan countries, one inevitably finds a morbid preoccupation with sex coupled with every form of perversion and degeneracy. And that quote is by Alistair Crowley. Um, this makes me think of the Langston Hughes poem, What Happens to a Dream Deferred? Does it fester? <laughs> like dry up like a raisin in the sun i think a lot of times what happens is if you don't um put something out there honestly even like emotional um it just bubbles up inside of you and eventually it, it comes out and it comes out in a big way and so um not necessarily saying to have like a temper tantrum like a child and like say everything on your mind um but i think that if there's something that is that you feel like you need to do or you have an inclination for saying something or feeling something that you should just let it out because otherwise, and, and at the appropriate time, obviously, but otherwise it's just going to stay inside. And then it's not going to be able to come out in a kind of, I hate using the word normal, but like uh, a more acceptable way. And I love that he focused on this, um, on a normal sex instinct, because I think that sometimes people are um, so uncomfortable expressing any kind of things that they're interested sexually and then it leads to you're doing that by yourself in this dark closet and then people are like I never knew he was into that type of thing or she was into that type of thing when the reality is like any of these things are really normal I mean most things if you're like you know sleeping with corpses that's one thing but like you know how'd you know <laughs> uh, did I leave my camera on again damn it uh, <laughs> nice I think that um I like this. I like this quote because a lot of times you'll hear, oftentimes you'll hear Alistair Crowley misquoted. Well, not really misquoted, but they take this quote out of context, which is, which is "Do as thou wilt." And a lot of people will be like, "Oh, that just means he said you could do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. It's just the will. Do whatever you want." But I think they took that out of context, and I like this quote better because it sums it up a little better. Where it's like, "Do as your will feels," kind of, and that is more of of an instinct, like follow your instincts. So if you have a feeling, do it. And if you have some kind of shadow, you got, you need to integrate it. If there's some negative feeling you have, you need to feel it out to the end and, and to know your, that it's just another part of the process of getting to know yourself because then you're not repressing it. Then you're not 
going out actually doing evil things, but then blinding yourself to the evil that you're doing by, uh, you know, doing other kind of nice actions on the side. You know, you think you're making up for it by donating to these charities and your job is just to violate people's rights all day. You know, it's, it's not good stuff. So I think that somebody who is in touch with both sides of themselves, the light and the dark, will it's a lot harder for them to fool themselves and to delude themselves and to suppress this. So I think that's really important. And the other part is with the sex. I think it's important that he used that frame because in the times, you think of when he was around like the late 1800s, early 1900s, that was a provocative statement. So it's going to wake people up. And maybe it's just something he saw around him that he's like, you know, we can't suppress this because it's going to make it even worse. We're going to have sex parties like an eyes wide shut. And then that's what happened. So maybe you should listen to him. (laughs) And just for people who are like, "Mm, maybe a different perspective. I think about a lot of times people don't want to feel grief or sadness. And then they don't let themselves feel that. And then that comes out in other ways. Um, like anger, lashing out, even maybe like physically harming yourself or or another person because you haven't let yourself kind of just let it sink in. And look, it fucking sucks. I can attest to that. I I am going through a grief process right now and it's not fun. And there are days where it's like, oh, I just want this to be over. But you have to let yourself feel those kinds of things because that's going to help you move on eventually. She's She's grieving the death of Kylo Ren from Star Wars, everybody. <laughs> Hey, I didn't see Star Wars yet. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Spoiler alert. Ooh, ooh, just kidding, guys. We're kidding. But apparently, like, there's people who are, like, so depressed they can't go to work. <laughs> like, this is a real thing that's been trending. Like, there are people who are, uh, yeah. Oh, about him? Yeah. Well, I mean, who would I mean, the actor's Adam... really still alive, so I don't. No, he's amazing. Uh-uh. All right, so what are we talking about today, Ashley? Let's get the We're show We're not the road. talking about Adam Driver. Yes. <laughs> All right, so today we're going to be talking about the Four of Pentacles. So we're going to look at the Four of Pentacles. I'll do a description. We'll talk about our initial thoughts, and then we'll talk about the different parts of it. Then we're going to look at another interpretation of that card, and then we're going to focus on the number 10, which if you've listened to past episodes, you know I've really identified as the number 10. Um, And so we'll get into that at the very end. All right, but the first thing we're going to do is look at the Four of Pentacles. This is the Rider Waite Four of Pentacles. So I'm seeing in this card... Uh, um, a figure sitting right in the uh, in the center, and this figure has um, their arms around one pentacle, one on top, one on bottom, sort of like cradling it, and then they've got a pentacle up on the top of their head, and also on their head they're wearing a crown, and they have one pentacle underneath each foot. So it looks like they're sitting on some kind of stone seat, and there's this like gray ground that the feet are on with the pentacles and in the background you see a city and it's honestly the the biggest city I feel like we've seen in any of the cards there's lots of buildings there's some greenery and trees and there's a flag in the left hand um bottom corner um and then there's like a light blue background behind him okay initial thoughts what did you think Uh, initially this looks kind of like greed even though I don't feel that you know, that's really what this card's about. But I think initially when I saw this card, even for the first time when I got involved in tarot, it's one that stuck out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just because, you know, I didn't have such a great understanding of what pentacles exactly meant at the time. 
So initially, if you're showing this to somebody who is not familiar with tarot, they might think the same thing because it looks like he kind of has money on his mind. You know, he's holding it where his heart is. He's standing on it. So that's kind of what's grounding him. But then once you kind of figure out what pentacles really are supposed to represent and, uh, you know, in the tarot, then it gives you a better idea of what this card's really all about. What did you think? Um, I agree with you. Um, uh, but I wouldn't, I didn't say necessarily that it was greed. I said it was like mind on my money, money on my mind type of thing, but it also looks like a you know, Snoop dog card, <laughs> but it also looks like kind of, um, ruler of all, or like, um, master of his domain, because the way that this figure is sitting, I did identify it as male, but it looks like kind of he's got all of these things in his hands and he's in front of this city, which gives me this idea of like he's ruling over it because of all this power that he has. Um, so those are my initial thoughts. All right. Let's get into the different parts of the card. The first thing I want to talk about, um, I think, is the city in the background because we haven't seen a city like this in any of the other cards. Yeah, normally we just see people that are like outside a castle or outside a gate. And, um, yeah, I do love it. And there's also some mountains in the background, too, to the right of the card. Mm-hmm. So Beyond the, city... the buildings. Yeah. What did the city say to you? So when I looked at it, I just looked at it as kind of human advancement um, in terms of living in a city. So, you know, initially... People didn't live in cities. They lived more in like tribes. And then you had like these offshoots of these little communities like fiefs in the medieval system. Um, but when I look at the city and I see like how tall the buildings are and the fact that it looks like there's like a park, I'm just saying like human advancement and success, right? Or technological advancement, um, but with earthly materials. Uh, so obviously they're able to build these structures tall enough and they realize the importance of having a green space. So that was my thought when I looked at the city. Yeah, like I like that. Innovation or something like that. Yeah, I like that. And then the fact that it's behind him, so that's kind of his base. That's his structure. That's what he's achieved so far. Those are his achievements, and now he's ready to maybe create some more. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other thoughts on the city? No, I think I'm good with it right there. I do like also, I just want to point out the different colors in the structures. Um, oh, yeah. For me, it just kind of gave that there are different ways to, since I said it was about like human advancement and something like that, it's not just one type of advancement, right? This could be like innovations in engineering, but also like medical innovations or things like that, like uh, moving forward as a whole in multiple different areas. So each color would represent something different. If they were all one color, it'd be like, well, they're really good at one thing, but this is really good at a bunch of different things. Yeah, like a jack of all trades. Right. And it's like, you know, again, not everyone's going to be an engineer. Not everyone's going to be like a farmer. It's kind of like each. Um, I. It's like each person had their job. Yeah. Each one has their own path, and if they follow yep. their own path, then it's going to work out. Yeah, I like it. All right, I want to talk next about um, the figure itself. So let's talk about uh, what what this figure looks like. What do you think? It looks like a king sitting on his throne, and the way that they position his feet like that, it looks like he's leaning forward. So maybe mm -hmm. he's ready to spring into some kind of action. Um, and, and it looks like he's mesmerized by whatever's going on. So it's kind of like he's in a trance. He's staring right at us. He's not looking off or away like some of the other figures like the emperor. 
Um, and then also, well, go, what did you think about him? Because I don't want to get into his clothes yet. I'm sure you have something about you want to say about that. So okay, I so in terms of his stance, I love that you said it looks like he's kind of hunching forward. It reminded me of you know in basketball you can have like a jump ball where people are like fighting over it, but a lot of times one person's like holding it at their stomach and like doesn't want to let it go. Um, mm-hmm. and to me it kind of looks like that. Like there's an intense concentration on holding on to that pentacle at his stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a fixation and a focus on there. So he's, he doesn't want to let it go. And he's like, kind of like protecting it with his whole body. Yeah. All right. So now his clothes. Um, so I love how he's got that. It's like a purple cloak. If you look very closely on my card anyway, but it mostly looks black. So, you know, purple is the color of royalty, like the Caesar colors. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love how it's black on top because it's like it's a shadow. Even if you look at this card upside down, it looks like a, a literal shadow that he's maybe coming out of or emanating from. So it kind of gives the effect that this might be not a human, you know, like a, a demon or a specter or something like that. Oh, okay. See, I did not see it as as being like black. I took it as the the royalty, the purple interpretation. Mm-hmm. I went along the lines of saying that it gave him more of an air of authority over potentially the rest of the city. Yeah, that's true. And it could also represent maybe the decline in the power because it's starting to turn black. So like it's starting to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just some ways to look at it, maybe in a negative way, if that's how the cards are going. Or, you know, and not saying that we can't look at it in a negative way, but I'm, now I'm looking at it and it's like he's almost like his it's he's wrapping himself in it. So maybe there is a decline of power, but he wants to showcase, see, like, see, look, I did have this at one time. Yeah. So he's trying or, to, like, cloak himself in the entirety of that. Or just trying to hold on to it. Yep, exactly. Really hard um, to tightly. All right. Um, let's look at then underneath that cloak, the the like tunic. It's like red with like a blue uh, trim. Yeah, what did you think? think? What did you think? <laughs> so um, better at the clothes, the, the closure yeah. analysis or the clothing analysis, I should say. So there's a bright red that you can kind of see under his arm that kind of goes down uh, towards his left foot, and like it definitely looks like it's more because to me I see more of the darkness and the shadows in that, and I feel like it's not really showcasing off then how purple the the cloak is. For me, the the blue at the bottom shows. I'm going to tie it into water and there might be emotions and feelings, but since it's at the bottom, it almost makes it look like he's stepping on that part. Like he doesn't care about that. So he's able to use maybe his intellect or other parts of his brain um, to, to get to be this ruler and kind of pushed aside his, his emotions and feelings. And then if you look at the red of the shoes, that's I'm tying that into that as well. Like he's really stepping on that, like kind of pushing those things aside in order to get ahead. What did yeah. you think? I think that um, I like how it's brown because it really brings you back to the earthly notes because it, it's like the color of dirt. Mm-hmm. So and then also oh. it, it <laughs> the way his arm looks like that, it kind of looks like he has one of those Nazi armbands on. OK, which is mm-hmm. not so. But I don't like I'm not trying to say they're making him look like a Nazi, but he could be it could signify that he's like part of some um you know, uh, class or maybe some kind of night brotherhood or something. So that's maybe supposed to represent that. So maybe he's not just a king. Maybe he's part of a whole movement. 
And did you have any thoughts on the shoes? Um, I like how it's like they're peasant shoes. You know, it's nothing. There's nothing really special about them. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like he's riding on top of those pentacles. So it's mm-hmm. more about the pentacles, and he doesn't want to like tread too lightly. So it kind of feels like he's he's using them kind of like to fly or like maybe like yep. ice skating. So, um, but now I think you did better than I did with that. <laughs> All right, let's look at the. <laughs> the the seat he's sitting on what were your thoughts on that um it's another one of these stone thrones that we see but it's just a bottom half so it's more like a bench mm-hmm. unless there's a seat behind him that we can't see yep. so to me it's not really anything strong or official it's mm-hmm. just like a resting spot so it couldn't maybe it's not even his throne it's just some seat that he saw out there and I tied it back into what I said about the the colors of his outfit um, in terms of it not being very soft and it looking very angular, a very world uh, like earthly materials that it was made out of and kind of giving that like stone stoic appearance, even though his face doesn't necessarily look really harsh. But maybe he is one of those people that doesn't have doesn't show it on his face, but really doesn't have that like sentimental bone in his body type of thing. He's very logical and definitely focused on achieving success yeah he's got that stare in his eye like he's ready to do it a lot of ambition okay so let's look at the pentacles themselves what were your thoughts on those i like how he has the one on the head and then the one above his heart because it reminds me of the different chakras Mm -hmm. so it's like they're just different energy sources in the body um so Maybe that's just showing the focus that he has. And then the two at his feet just show that he's grounded in this. So whatever he has, say, maybe you take it as an idea or a way of life. He's just showing the mastery of that. Do you know, I always go back to what you say about the way that the star is pointing. And if you're looking at the card, um, all the stars are pointing like with the two legs down towards the ground, with the one point going up towards the sky mimicking what you say is like the human figure. And so what I like about this is if we're going to say it's material success, if we want to say that it's like, you know, being well off or achieving some kind of stability or something like that. It's showing me that there isn't necessarily an, an element of greed because the stars aren't pointing with one down. It's not like putting all of these worldly things above his spiritual self. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great interpretation. So he's using the power in an, positive way right and it's like he hasn't let that corrupt him at this point so i mean who knows if we were to go forward in time a couple weeks or anything like that maybe we would see that but if i'm gonna create a a through line here let's say i'm weaving this story together you said how his shoes you thought they look like peasant shoes I often think a lot of times, and this is not necessarily the case for everyone, and I could be totally speaking out of turn. It's like, what the fuck do I know? But I think a lot of times if you're born into a life of not necessarily poverty, but just either poverty or just kind of subsisting, and then you are able to achieve material success or financial success, there's more of an appreciation there. As opposed to when you're being born into that, you maybe have less of an appreciation because that's all you've ever known. So my my through line here, my my story that I'm weaving is that maybe he did work to have this power to to achieve this level of success. And now he's just kind of able to um, just kind of sit and take a beat before he moves on and does anything else because he's worked so hard and he's just appreciating everything that he's gotten. 
Yeah, I like it. I frequently love. Oh, there we go. It's the Giz. Yeah, I could definitely see that, especially if he was a merchant. Like this guy doesn't have to be a king. He could have been somebody who rose up to some kind of power. So which and that just if you're just using that as an allegory, that just means that you could start off lost in the wilderness with, you know, no idea, just like regular people out there just trying to bump in and feel your way. And then you start to get to know yourself and you could trust yourself as a guy and listen to your intuition. And that's what this guy's doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, were there anything else that you wanted to talk about in this card? No, I think we get it. Uh, we hit everything I wanted to talk about. The, the last thing I do want to point out, though, is just if you look at his crown, all we see is like it doesn't look like a traditional crown. I mean, kind of it does. But all we see is three kind of points on the crown, three little areas. And for me, I was just saying how would a nice tie into the four versus the three and um, kind of showcasing that he was able to grow into that. Uh, that, was my, that was my thought. Yeah, no, that's great, because as you asked if I had anything to say, I, as I was saying, no, I was throwing the card down, and I looked at the crown, and I thought about it, and then you said that, and my thought was very similar, because, well, if, well, if you look at the three, and you think of what that represents, getting into the Trinity, you know, mm-hmm. the Trinity, the esoteric Trinity that we talk about, not like the Christian, but the Trinity of the masculine and feminine, getting that lined up to then create action in the world. So that's what he did with the three. So he's the king of that. And now he's out there creating action and he has a foundation. That's what the four represents here. So yeah, that was a good call. We were linked on that one, apparently about the crown. Yes. How synchronistic. And I'm sorry that there was that loud noise. Yeah. I just picked up Gizzy as you can see, and she just wants to, she wants to be a part of the show now. Well, I mean, she is right. So she it's about always time. is. I know. Thank God. What do you think is? <laughs> <laughs> she's like all about this microphone relax relax you guys oh. be careful we're gonna get canceled you can't just say that <laughs> on the air she heard what you were saying earlier and she just wanted to mimic those thoughts yeah <laughs> okay so let's move on and let's say this card comes up in a general reading what would you say if this card came up in a general reading i think i would have to tell the person that this is a good card and it looks like you have you know whatever it query they come they're coming to me with like they have it figured out maybe they just need to hear it maybe they need to hear somebody validate what they're thinking or saying inside but this person is definitely you know like we said he's leaning forward and it looks like he's about to maybe go into some action but he had to sit down and get everything right. He had to get his it's like he had to put his equipment on, you know, like a, he's a football player. He had to put on his helmet and his chest pad and his fucking cleats. And now he's ready to jump off the bench and get into action. So I would say, you know, now's the time for action. You built that solid foundation. That's what a four is about. So it's time to go. So I'm looking at this card and the way that I would interpret it is um, in a general reading is obviously there could be a a level of financial or material success or wealth. But I also think that it could be um, recognition for a job well done. So if somebody if this card came up in a reading, depending on where it would land in the spread, I would say that kind of you're going to get that recognition that you're looking for, that all the hard work work will eventually pay off either with, you know, kind words or with a, uh, a fine, some kind of financial um, 
gift or material success coming to you. That's how I would say it as a general reading. Okay, now let's talk about if this was in a love reading, what would you say? Why don't you go first on this one? So <laughs> this is a little rough. Okay, so if this came up in a relationship reading or a love reading, right. I would say that there is a fixation by potentially one or both people in the relationship or however many people are in said relationship that is focused primarily on on wealth or material possessions. And as we've talked in the past about the different love languages, maybe this person's love language is gift giving and also then they're they're looking to receive gifts. But that can lead to obviously not necessarily making the smartest financial decisions because you're so fixated on your material possessions. So um I said that if this came up in a relationship reading, it might be that if you're in a relationship, maybe one of the reasons you're staying is because of that financial security. It's really hard to get out of something like that because you don't want to have to struggle or worry about that. And a lot of times people mistake financial security with like being in love um, and, and not saying that happens with everyone. But I also said um, if this person was single, it could be kind of the fear of of having to give up some of the things that they have or share some of the things that they have. Um, and I think that I just saw a meme the other day that said being in a couple is identifying and trying to overcome problems you wouldn't have if you were single. And maybe that's something similar where it was like, you're, you're worried about then spending all this money or kind of getting sidetracked from your job or the thing that you were focusing on that did make you successful. And then that would keep you from being in a relationship. Okay, now you. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I think you pretty much nailed it right there. The only thing I can add is that it doesn't always have to just be financial security. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's some otherworldly fascination that's going on that's ruining the relationship that one person is fixed on. Maybe it's another person but i would say that would probably have to do more with water so this could also be maybe like another a hobby maybe somebody has a hobby or something that they do or it, it could even be their job maybe their job is the, the thing that's their. it looks it seems to you like they're choosing their job over you and there's a reason for it so maybe you should you got to look into that what it is it could be just a form of escapism or maybe that's just the way the person is maybe when you first met them you didn't realize that their job was part of their life and maybe you thought that they were going to give it up a little bit and uh, they were like, nope. So it could be and that. And that too. happens. You know, we've talked we've talked so frequently, I think, or at least I know I have about work-life balance and how important that is um, because it, we, I talked about it more, I think, in the suit of cups, right? But um, I think that this is something, if this came up in a relationship reading, maybe that's something that the person who you're doing the reading for should be focusing on. Yeah. Okay. Career reading. Again, we could even talk about a work-life balance here because life doesn't necessarily need to be a relationship, but it could be trying to make sure that, you know, you can only work to a certain point. There are people that do work all day, every day, but you're just going to burn out. Right. And so I think there's such an importance in that. And not always is it, if I work all day, every day for as long as I can, am I going to be like, I'm going to prove that I will be successful. Sometimes you do need to just take a step back, and that is really important. I think that this is also a way of saying, like, things are going to start paying off. You put in the work. Now just take a second and bask in the fact that you put that work in and you did achieve some level of success. If this was a career, I said this could be potentially like an accountant or um, 
a banker, somebody that works in like kind of finance and like well-established financial firms, maybe even on Wall Street? Yeah, I like that. On Wall Street. I, I looked at this from the point of view of, you know, how are you making your way in this world? How are you making a living? How are you feeding yourself? What are you doing? So it's this guy is very conscious of it. It's on his mind. It's in his heart. So he's, you know, it's past. It's kind of like think of it as tests. So he's standing on these two pentacles on the ground. So it's a very good, solid foundation. So that's important. And then he's holding it in front of his heart. So it, it passed the test of his heart. And then it's also above his head. So it passed the test of his head. So he's happy doing it. It makes sense. It's not hurting anybody. He's okay in the world and he's doing it. So I think that's one great interpretation because if you're in a job where you're not lining those things up, you could experience anxiety. And in my opinion and from what I've seen and read and heard, a lot of that anxiety is just your inner self, your true self not happy with the way you're living so it's kind of like screaming at you like a big demon behind you but you just you're just feeling it like you know and you want to numb yourself so that's one thing ladies and gentlemen <laughs> and the next is <laughs> oh i think as a job if this was a job i, I like to look at it as like a merchant which i kind of think of as an entrepreneur so somebody who is doing their own thing out there you know and like i said they have that solid foundation it's something they love something they think about and they have that giant city behind them and they're sitting comfortably so they've achieved what they have to achieve so it's kind of like that you know if you want to do something right you got to do it yourself get out and do it this you know if you live in america why not there's the internet go out and create a business what are you waiting for if that's uh, what you want you know if that's what you want to do go do it you know exactly exactly um love that all right let's talk final thoughts here do you have any final thoughts before we move on from the four of pentacles uh, no, I think I'm good. What about you? Sorry, I'm just closing the door here so Gizzy can come back in from outside. Um, I do not have any final thoughts. Let's move on. So for the next part in our podcast, we are going to look at the same card, but it's a different deck. So it's a different interpretation. Brandon gives a description of the card here, and then we just kind of talk our initial thoughts. Alrighty, this card is the Four of Discs in the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck. How synchronistic we used Aleister Crowley as for a quote, but we always use this deck, so I guess it wasn't that synchronistic. But anyway, it's the same guy that made the quote, made this deck, and um, you could check it out if you want to just do a simple internet search. Just put in Aleister Crowley Thoth deck, T-H-O-T-H, and you'll see it. Um, and we also put up a picture on our Instagram at terrible2t-a-r-o-t-b-u-l-l, the number two, on Instagram every week. Okay. In this picture, we have, it looks like an orange background, and in the middle, we have a blue square, and in this, it looks like a square of water, like a moat, and it looks like there's four towers encircling maybe some kind of castle area. And at the top of each one of these castles, there's a different sign for earth, air, water, and fire. They're the original uh, signs, which is also like the masculine and feminine and all that, um, which we'll get into a little more. And then outside that blue square in the orange, it looks like there's it's made to look like it's either at the bottom of, uh, you know, like in a in a, a valley, I guess it's kind of hard. It's like a 
just an optical illusion. It's you know it's a typical background that we see in these Alistair Crowley Thoth decks. They're really up to the imagination. Um, and then the only thing I guess I could say is that the bottom of this blue square, there's a it looks like a road in, like a bridge over the moat into the inner workings of this castle or into the inner like uh, courtyard. So what did you think about this card? Um, okay, so my first kind of observation um, was that the, the card is the four of discs, but the discs are not the traditional shape of discs that we've come to realize like as like a circle, right? So the idea that it's being these four, initially I was like, where are they? I don't mm-hmm. see them. Um, so I kind of love that, that different interpretation of the idea of a disc, Um, and I love that the card has the word power on it. It kind of looks so powerful. It looks like a fortress. It looks very protected. It looks like the pinnacle of, of success. Like nothing is getting through that drawbridge unless you let it down and you let someone in. And then I'm, I see like these towers that are supposed to be the discs, but they have these walls in between them. Then you have this moat around it. It's like total protection, but it's almost like this person has created this to protect themselves and everything that they've worked for. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? I like that. Um, I like how you said that about, there's really no discs. I mean, they're, it's like the squares become the discs. Mm -hmm. And I also love the fact that it looks like there's water. It's implied that there's water there surrounding it um but it, it's it just goes back to thinking of the four as a solid foundation as a solid base because this looks like something you could start with and then from there build off of you know you can go up if you want it's a really solid foundation it's protected it's safe you can even mm-hmm. build inside there if you wanted to um and but there is a way in there's a road in and there's only one path in and it's right in the middle, right down the center, which I also love because it's saying to you, like, you know, the obvious road to here is the one, take it. The one that you feel compelled when you feel pulled to, that's the one, you know, stop looking, just follow that road and you'll go right down the middle. You know, it's open. If you look, it looks like the doors are open. So yeah, kind of like that's their true path that they're supposed to follow. I yeah. do like how there are these illusions of of other paths um, in the four other like walls, um, but they're they they're just like it's almost like pick a door, only one of these is the right door type of situation, and it's kind of like these these false illusions or um, uh, like mirages, and they're really not leading to anything except failure. Yeah, yeah, I like it. And what were your thoughts on the color, though, of the, like, sand? For me, this card, just looking at the background, it it's definitely not nearly as busy as any of the other cards that we've seen, which I like because I often find that the background is very distracting for me. Um, but I like this because it almost gives that illusion of the mirage. It looks like it's a desert and then you have this water and this fortress in the center. It's like, I was able to make something out of nothing type of thing. Yeah. And it also kind of looks like you're looking down a tunnel at it. Mm-hmm. So it's like tunnel vision. You're focused on this. This is all you can see. Everything else around you is kind of blocked out. So, um, you know, and that kind of goes to the back to the card we were just talking about 
in the rider weight deck because he had that focus and he, you know, they're just displaying it in a different way in this card. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's like they're showing it as tunnel vision. You can look at it as that, and the, you could all you can see is this tower. And I love how the the four elements are displayed in that each you can go, you know, the top two and the bottom two, or the two to the left and the two to the right, and they're very complementary in terms of, as you said, like the male and female symbols. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciated that. Again, it gives you more of like a there was a thoughtful purpose behind this. Yeah, definitely. And each one of these towers represents that power, but you have to align them correctly. And they're all equal. That's what I like how it's shown, too. They're mm-hmm. all equal parts of this one whole. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I, this is one of the few cards that I looked at and I did not feel super confused by. Um, <laughs> normally I look at them and I'm like, what am I looking at here? I have no idea what's happening, no idea what's going on. But I feel like I got this one. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah. Well, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe you should use it a little bit. Or they're like, this idiot thinks she got it. I don't know. But okay. Uh, <laughs> final thoughts here on this card before we move on. Uh, I think I'm good. Okay. So we are going to move on today. We are doing the last in our little uh, numerology series. We're looking at the number 10. Um, so if you want to hear back about uh, all of the other numbers and how it kind of applies to uh, each of the cards in the minor arcana suits you can listen to the other episodes today we're looking at the number 10 what i do think is important to to start off talking about is how a lot of people there's there's some conversation about whether the number 10 is even an actual number in numerology because technically if you have a two-digit number you take the first number and the second number and you'd add them together so this would be one plus zero would be a one um i i personally don't agree with that that's just my own personal opinion. Um, and so that's why we're doing it. And if we would look at the cards, right, the cards in the tarot and the cards in a normal deck of cards go one through ten. So we're going to do a ten. I personally think number ten is um, going to be an actual number. It's not just going to be a one. And so let's talk about it. So the number ten, um, obviously, in the terms of the tarot, it's going to be a completion. It's going to be the end of a certain phase of your life, an era, an, uh, some kind of event or activity or something is happening. And this is the conclusion of that is the pinnacle of it. You are, it is a complete set in terms of if this came up in like a numerology reading for a person, a number 10 is an independent person with enormous potential. I mean, literally, if that's not me, I don't know. And this person is very good at bringing projects to completion. So they're very good at kind of looking at something, saying, here's the issue, and then following through and, and, and doing it. I need to work on that one maybe a little bit. Um, the number 10 is comfortable being alone because they have the number one in there. So they understand how it's important to be an individual and understand how it is important to be able to spend time to reflect with yourself and spend that time alone to do the things that you like to do and, and just be content with that. Um, and sorry, my, I'm getting all, all these emails. Um, the, uh, they're independent and they are self-sufficient, self-sufficient. They don't need to have a bunch of relationships, so they don't need to have all of the, they're not constantly looking for, for somebody to kind of amuse them or to spend time with. And but that being said, they also are very inclusive. So they're okay kind of including other people into the things that they do. 
So um, they're they're definitely kind of presenting this openness to other people, but okay if there isn't anyone there, um, which I think is really important, you know, because I think a lot of people suffer from loneliness. I've been suffering from that recently, um, and I think it's important to just be okay sometimes being alone. So it's obviously about unity and the fusion of kind of material and spiritual. So they have both of those aspects to their personality. And um, they're very independent. And that's really important to them. They really don't like the idea of somebody constantly being like, you can't do this, or I'm going to tell you about doing what you're going to do later on or whatever. They like the idea of being really independent. um, And they don't like the idea of going out to do things without that independence. They like being able to just make decisions for themselves. See, totally. I'm a number 10. Okay. Brandon, do you have anything to add about the number 10 before we move on? Yes, I do. I'd like to say, yeah, let's go for it. Um, Yeah. I think the 10 is important in numerology because it, it it allows you to focus on the microcosm and the macrocosm. So if you think of the one and everything that the one uh, embodies and then you add the zero to it, it's kind of like coming back just like the fool, which is the zero card. When you come back to home and it's a different place like that saying, you know, and, and everything seems new to you, you can look at it with that fresh perspective like a newborn, you know, with the eyes of a newborn or the, or a child with the, with the imagination, you can look at it like a number one, but you have that experience of a number 10. So like you said, it's the beginning of a new chapter, but now you have all the experience of the old chapter. So it's just like the Lemiscate, the number eight, where the infinity symbol or comes back to itself, which is just two zeros. You're just hitting that intersecting point. You're the zero again with the one. You're the one again with the experience of the zero. So you're the 10. Yes. Much more eloquent than what I said. I often no, like I think it pairs well together, you know, that's why. All right. So now we're going to look at the four tens in the minor arcana. So we're going to look at the 10 of pentacles, the 10 of swords, the 10 of cups and the 10 of wands. I'm going to go through quickly what they look like. 10 of cups we've talked about. It's this like, it looks like potentially a family. It's two uh, uh, larger figures kind of embracing and have their arms outstretched. And then two younger figures holding hands. It looks like they're skipping around. And it looks like they're in this kind of like um, grassy area. And the cups form a rainbow at the top of the card. So it's like an archway and the cups are in this arch. And then you've got the colors of the rainbow. The Ten of Swords is a figure laying down on the ground um, close to this body of water and it looks like they have um, one arm down by their side you don't see the other arm but they've got these 10 swords stuck in their 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 body and you see kind of blood coming out of it um, okay now let's look at the ones we haven't talked about 10 of pentacles you've got these it looks like four figures older figure on the left hand side a, a very young figure on the right hand side and then two you know middle-aged I guess people in the center and the 10 pentacles are kind of um dispersed throughout the entirety of the card but it looks like there's one of the figures the older person is wearing this cloak petting these dogs outside of these this column or um this like entryway and the rest of the figures look like they're going into a city and then the 10 of wands is a just one solitary figure holding all 10 wands their head down, they're kind of embracing them 
and they're walking towards it looks like a city or a house or something like that. So, okay. We've talked about what the 10 is. I see that in all of these, with the exception of maybe it's easy for me to see the 10 and the 10 of wands and the 10 of swords because it is a solitary one person type of thing. And we talked about how they have this like of or need to be alone at times. Um, And when I think of the idea of following something through to completion and taking whatever you're doing and not giving up until you finish that task. That's what I see when I see the 10 of cups. It's like, you're finally reaping the rewards of everything you've done. The 10 of pentacles I'm kind of thrown by because of the placement of the pentacles. For me, it looks a little random. I know there's probably a purpose there. We're going to get there. Obviously when we get to the 10 of pentacles card, but, and then I'm really thrown by the, the appearance of all the figures. I don't see how that associates to a number 10 with the exception of maybe inclusion of, you know, everyone you've got all of these different people that look different and different age groups and maybe different social classes. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, first off we could say that the 10 of pentacles, I don't want to spoil too much, but the arrangement of the pentacles is very similar to that of the Kabbalah tree of life, mm-hmm. which is also a pattern for hopscotch, <laughs> crazily enough. So um, I think that that we could talk about that, obviously, when we get to that card. So we won't talk about that too much. But I like how there's four people. So in the in the four pentacles, there's four people in the four of cups, there's four people. And then there's one in like you were saying, in the wands and the swords. So. I think that's significant because it just to kind of show the different stages of life, because if you think of cups, it has to do with emotions and spirit. So that has a lot to do with the human experience. And then the pentacle is actually a human. Like we were talking about, the star represents a human like the Da Vinci. Uh, I don't know what's the Leonardo. Yeah, the Vitruvian man. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think of what pentacles represent, it's just this old guy, and I to me, it's kind of like he's looking back at everything he built, and now he's ready to move on to the next realm. And he's, you know, he's petting these dogs, so it shows that he's kind to all forms of life. Everything he's been through gave him the perspective, and now he's ready to move on. He's letting it go. He's kind of, he did his time. He did what he had to do, like all these accomplishments, and they're hanging on the wall. There's like a castle in one of them. There's ships on another one. So whatever he had to do, he did it, and now it's time for the other people. So now he's just t- it's time for him to enjoy the fruits of his labor. And then that comes to the Ten of Cups because it shows it looks like it's like a family. So when you have a successful family, uh, it could represent – it doesn't have to represent an actual family of people. It just means that this could be – like if you're taking it esoterically inside your head, it just means that all parts of you – are living in harmony and you're out there and you're doing it right. And you're ready for the next step in life. And then I really love the swords and the wands in this deck, the way they describe them, because we always talk about how 10 is a completion of something and you're moving on to the next thing. So for the wands, if you think of them like fire and it's like magic, this guy took everything he knows and he's running with what he has blindly into the next challenge. He doesn't even care. It could be toward that town, whatever it is. He's just like willing, ready to do it. Let's go. It's like that faith. And then mm-hmm. the 10 of swords, 
if you think of what swords represent in that severity of swords, this is the ultimate severity, getting stabbed and killed in the back, face down. It's dark, you know, so it, it's just that um, represents the ultimate of that severity in the suit. So it's like a really, a really strong message, whatever it is, either way to you. So, it, it, you know, and obviously it's the end of a cycle because this guy's dead. But from the dead, you see the blood coming out and then there's going to be life that's renewed. So what's next? And I, I think that what might be not, now, as I heard you say that, I also literally loved your interpretation of the Ten of Pentacles. Like, I almost felt like I was about to cry. Um, I was just like, <laughs> wow, that's so sad, but also like so insightful and, and so appropriate. And um, yeah, cycles and, of life, you know, like you can't live forever. I think in this incarnation, that's what we're meant to do. We're meant to live for the amount of time and learn what we can and move on with it. You know, I don't, I don't think we're here forever. It's a natural cycle, and as soon as you accept it and it, it and get okay with the fact that you're going to be dead someday and get over that, then you can actually really enjoy life. But I think that it doesn't necessarily have to even be your physical death. There are different cycles even in in your life that don't go like end with birth, end with and or start with birth, end with death. There's all these different cycles that you go through, and even a relationship is a cycle. And I love the idea of of saying that he's looking back kind of on on what occurred and almost being able to enjoy replaying those ideas in his head or those memories and things like that. Um, and I think that the Ten of Swords and Ten of Wands can come across as kind of aggressive. But I think the idea for me is that like um, for like the Ten of Swords, there are going to be some times in your life that things don't work out the way that you want. And you are going to be upset or sad or something is going to end that you didn't want to end. But that doesn't mean that you need to take it lying down and just die. There could be a rebirth there, right? Like you just said about the spilled blood. And it it doesn't need to be. It's, it's kind of like look at everything as like a learning experience, which I totally get is very hard to do when you're in the midst of being upset and sad. Um, and then the Ten of Wands, I think it's I love what you said about him just charging without kind of looking where he was going. Um, and I think that sometimes you go into a new situation without doing you know, without keeping your head up, you're just like, I'm going to go into it because this is done. Now I can go charge headfirst into this new thing. And, and sometimes that's good. And sometimes it's bad, right? We, it's just a gamble. That's what life is. Yeah. And then also it could represent, I mean, I, I love what you said. That's great. But then also it could represent the enthusiasm that you have for the next step where you're just like, you know, you're on your path, you know, you're doing everything right. And you trust the process. So you don't need to see, it's like, Star Wars, when Obi-Wan says, don't trust your eyes, they're going to deceive you. That's what this guy's doing. He's He has everything he needs, and he's charging forward. You can look at it that way. Obviously, it's one interpretation, but and he knows it's that blind faith, mm-hmm. which isn't always a good thing, obviously, but I'm saying he's trusting his instinct. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't have faith in external institutions and uh, you know leaders that are going to change the world for him. No, he knows this from within. He's on his own path doing it himself. And that ties really nicely into the the number 10 because they are an independent person and they are somebody who is a self-starter and who doesn't need to rely on other people. And I like the idea of of that being a great display of of what a number 10 is like in terms of personality. Yeah, very true. And I can say last week I said that it was very easy to um to find 
the tie into the number nine in the four cards that we looked at. But I think it was probably maybe even easier with this one, with the exception of maybe the pentacles, because the 10 is such it's just completion, right? It's the end of the cycle before you go back to the one. And so it was fairly easy to kind of make some of those connections with those cards, I felt. Yeah, and the total illusion is illustrated in the fact that the zero doesn't really exist. So you feel like you're at 10 and you're about to be at one, but you're really at one. And that's why I think that there's kind of like a little misinterpretation of numerology where where people are like, it's either a one or a 10 where no, it's both. And it is the same thing at the same time, but it just represents a little more. That's all. You know, it's, they're all symbols. That's all you got to look at it. Symbol symbology. So symbol um, symbolically, they're trying to let you know that it's OK. This change is going to be OK. It's going to be you're going to be the same. It's going to be the same, but it's going to be different and it's OK. So, and I, I, I honestly literally love that you just said that the 10 and the one are one and the same, like you're not going to be at the zero. I think that's very powerful, especially for maybe people who are going through a tough time right now and maybe need to hear that and feel like they are at a zero and have nothing. It's no, just, yeah, the zero is just an illusion. The zero is, is showing you the cycle. It's all a cycle. It's the ring. It's the fool. It's, you know, it's. You're just somewhere on that cycle right now in your life and wherever you are is where you need to be to get to the next step. And that idea gets co-opted a lot by like new age movements, by certain people in the new age movement where they say that everything is perfect and you're where you need to be and you don't have to do anything where I don't think, you know, no one said you don't have to do anything. What they said is it's okay. Everything's perfect. You're, you're where you need to be. But now that you realize that, how are you going to make the world a better place? That's, the part of responsibility that's on you, you know, and it's not by doing external things. It's by, first of all, learning about yourself, you know, integrating all these dark shadows, like going back to the beginning of the quote when, it, when, you know, about not suppressing things, because when you suppress things, it comes out in society and individually, you know, if you're not happy with the way things are, it's because individually together, we are all creating this and we have to figure that out one at a time. And as we do, it's going to get better one at a time. And that's how it's going to work. That's the only way I feel, in my opinion, that it could get better because we can't just wish it to be. No one's going to come here and just magically save us. We have to do it ourselves. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, it's and the and hardest, easiest thing to do. It, that's obviously big picture, but also small picture, you know, individually and, you know, nationally, globally. Just like the one and the ten, the microcosm and the macrocosm. That's exactly what we're talking about, the one and the ten. And the way I feel the change is better is individually, and then we'll change the world. That's how it's changed if we do it one one person at a time. Or, you know, people do it individually, really. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's the answer, because then everybody could follow their intuition. But, you know, that's for uh, maybe a later podcast. We don't want to give people all the answers in one podcast you know we got to keep them coming back for more and what a great place to just end today and so next week we'll be talking about the five of pentacles and the five of discs and so we've ended now um kind of looking at the different numbers that are um in play in in the minor arcana suits so um i'm gonna keep it kind of open as to what we're going to be doing at the end of our episode next week. Cause I have lots of ideas and I'm going to throw them by you once we, we end here. 
Ooh, I'm just excited as you are, the listener, because I'm excited <laughs> to hear it because she always has great ideas. So uh, make sure you listen next week then to find out what we're going to be talking about after we talk about the Five of Pentacles in the Five of Discs. Um, and uh, what you can do in the meantime is you could help us out by supporting us. Go to ComedyLOL.com. You could donate straight to us right on PayPal. I mean, you know, it does cost money to post these things. We take a lot of our time. We do research, obviously, you know. Uh, we have lights we got to keep on, you know, yeah, computers right. we have to charge up. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, though, there's a way you can support us by not even spending any extra money. You can go to comedylol.com, click on the Amazon link there, do all your Amazon shopping, and we get a little bit of money. It doesn't cost you any more. And make sure also you check us out on Instagram at terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, the number two. And uh, I don't know, anything else? Do you have anything else you want to add? I do not. All right, cool. Uh, Until next week, stay terrible, everybody.